statements about the Lord or verses that speak to the holiness of God, the, the righteousness of God, uh, because in a little bit we're going we're gonna to go to some of them, but if you can think of another one, uh, I want to give opportunity for y'all to add to our Bible study tonight some of your own thoughts uh, or own, own um, verses that you uh, treasure about that truth about God. Psalm 92, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. That's what we've done tonight, and I have to say amen to that. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire on mine enemies and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon together. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in him. It was a very shocking statistic that I read the other day. And I even made mention of it at the Lord's Supper before we took the bread, which represents the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. That in our day, in America, over 50% of professed Christians no longer believe in the impeccability of Christ, or that Christ, Jesus himself, was sinless. And we talked about the implications of that, that if that, is, if that were uh, true, that Christ was not, were not sinless, then all of us will have no hope uh, of salvation, no hope of a life uh, to come, because all of salvation hinged upon his impeccability, that he was a lamb without spot and without blemish that could take away the sin of the world that he would become the sacrifice for sin that the father could accept and and would accept and so i'm glad tonight that we are not of those <laughs> that do not believe in the impeccability the sinlessness of the lord jesus christ and of course the holiness of god so we're going to title our thoughts tonight the uprightness of god the uprightness of God. And I love how the whole psalm builds up to this crescendo in verse 15. That from verse 1, why is it a good thing 
to give thanks unto the Lord. Why is it a wonderful to sing praises unto His name? Because He's upright. Because there's no unrighteousness in Him. Because He's the Holy One. That's why it's a good thing. All the things that are mentioned throughout the psalm flow into this wonderful thought at the end. Even uh, the, the fruitfulness of saints in their old age. You know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to think about because as you get older and more feeble in body, I've noticed this in a lot of the older saints. There's kind of somewhat of a discouragement maybe that you can't do the things that, that you want to do. But what the psalmist is pointing at and showing, and I want to encourage the older saints in here tonight, is that your very life, your very existence in the faith in the, in the world is a commendation letter of the holiness of God. That God has kept you, that He has held you, that He has preserved you all of your life, and even now, still at your old age, you're still praising Him. You're still exalting the Holy One of Israel. And so because that God is this, to show, he says, to show is kind of uh, verse 15 flows out of 13 and 14, uh, talking even about those that are bringing forth fruit in their old age and those that have been planted or regenerated by the Lord or are being sanctified and preserved in and by the grace of God. All this shows, it's, it's setting God is, glorifying himself through their lives to show the world and to show them that he is upright, that he is the rock, that, he, that there is no unrighteousness in him. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? Especially when we think about God incarnate, when we think about the man Jesus Christ, that he lived three decades and never committed a sin. That means, beloved, he never had an idle thought. That means he never did anything outside of the will of God. He never transgressed the law of God. That's amazing, isn't it? And it's because one thing that we know and that you must believe and understand in order to receive that truth is that Christ Jesus, our Lord, though that he was born of a woman, yet she conceived by the Holy Ghost that he was born in as a man without a sin nature and and so uh that is another wonderful truth that flows out of this that we must embrace and so then we can see and we can view the uprightness of god and the holiness of god i believe this truth uh, this is our first point that this truth is the mainstay of every believer if you believe that there's any sin or any imperfection in God or in Christ, what hope do we have? What, what, how can we at all view then these things like this, this sweet sister? I'm sure this sister at y'all's school is just the sweetest woman. Lord, how can you allow, how can you be holy? How can you be so good? How you, can you be so righteous? but then you're allowing this woman to suffer this disease of Parkinson's. Well, beloved, faith has to go above circumstance. Faith has to go above our finiteness, our inability to see the end from the beginning. God knows all things, 
And because God is upright, because He is good, because He is holy, then we believe this to be true, that we serve a God that is too wise to err and too good to be unkind. Do you believe that about God tonight? He is the upright. Is He your rock? Do you say tonight, do you echo with the psalmist, Lord, there's no unrighteousness in you? That's, that's one of the things why this is a great psalm for the Sabbath day. Because that day is a holy day. It's God's holy day. And we, our, our minds, when we come and we worship God together, our minds should always be renewed to that truth that God is the only one that's holy. He's the holy one. And apart from Him, there is no other being that is completely holy the way that God is. And this truth is the mainstay of every believer. So we connect these things together and we see that he talks about all these things in the psalm that we read about, that we've been reading about. Verse 15, look at it again. To show, to reveal, to unveil that the Lord is upright. We sang that song. He is the rock. His work is what? Perfect. All His ways are judgment. A God of truth without what? Without iniquity, without sin. Just and right is He. So what that tells to the believer then, that I can trust God. I can trust God's providence in the lives of others. I can trust God's providence in my day and in, in the world, even when it looks like, it's, it's, it's uh, by sight. Uh, it looks like that God has somehow vacated his throne or is letting the wicked get away with things. Just like the psalmist said, look, the wicked, they rise up. They're like the grass that rises up quickly and flowers. He said, but in God's time and in God's dispensation of his will they will wax away they will fail their plans will fail uh parkinson's may take this young woman's life and health away from her but it will not take away god's salvation god's plans for her glorification in her life and who knows how god will use this in her life to bring him glory. We just can't see all the things that God can see or know all the things that we can know. But what God has said is, you have a friend without fail. That's what it means to me. When I, I'm talking about God being upright, that he's my rock, that there's no unrighteousness in him, that means that I have a friend without fault, a helper without fail. I've told this several times about my cousin Jeremy. I love Jeremy to death. Uh, such a such a wonderful man. And when we were working at All Electric together, we got really close. And it was my birthday, and he gave me a birthday card. And it was really nice. I, I was just shocked that he even got me a card. You know, teenage boys just don't do that <laughs> for each other much. So I was kind of just kind of shocked. And on the card it said, uh, Nathan... Uh, you're one of my dearest friends. He said, I just want you to know I'll always be there for you 
most of the time. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, that's nice, you know, but he was giving himself an out, you know, that at some point he might let me down. And, you know, I had to have that card to remember, well, you did say you might not be able to always be there for me, right? Aren't you glad that God hasn't said that? I'm, I'm almost always, no, I can almost always be there for you to help you. That I'll, that I'll almost uh, be without fault. No, without fault, without fail. A friend without fault. A helper without fail. See, beloved, tonight we don't serve a master that runs back from his promise. He does not run back from, from his promises. And every, this is so beautiful to me, every aged believer is a commendation of God's fidelity to his people. Think about that tonight, Brother Bobby. I know uh, I was talking to, I told someone a while back that we had four elders at our church. And so they uh, they were looking for someone to preach. And they said, Brother Nathan, they said, uh, you said that y'all had four elders at your church. He said, I, I know you're there. I know Brother Andy there. And I know uh, you're there. Who Who's the fourth? And I said, well, I said, he's not a member, but we have Elder elder bobby poe with us and they texted back sure would love to hear him preach again <laughs> that, that was the comment that came back and and uh you know brother bobby even though that you're not able to minister to god's people in that way that you have so many years you're a living testimony to the uprightness to the righteousness of god because still in your old age you're bringing forth fruit to the glory of God. Hallelujah. So we can, because God is holy, because He is pure, because there is no unrighteousness in them, the psalmist reminds us that He's our rock. Our rock. What is a rock for? What? Remember how that we, we sang that song, even holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man thy glory may not see you remember moses's great desire he said lord i just want to see your glory i beseech thee show me thy glory and he took him and he put him in the cleft of the what of the rock right the the rock is god is our rock a, a place for shelter from the, the storms of life from that that um comes against us in our life and is so overwhelming we have one that we can go to to find stability uh, and strength from as a rock the rock of ages the rock he says uh that like a hiding place for us right uh for shelter for defense for foundation for our lives he is our rock. So is this true? Is verse 15 true? That the Lord is upright. That is it true that there is no unrighteousness in him? Well, we believe that's true, do we not? Could you prove it from the word of God? If someone said, I want you to show me in the word of God that God is without sin, that Jesus was without sin would you be able to do that well i hope after tonight i'm going to give you some verses and even some of these um this isn't a exhaustive list 
I want y'all to even try to think of maybe some others, and not even even verses so much, but titles maybe that are even given to God that speak to that truth. So let's just listen. This is our second point tonight. The first point was that this truth of the uprightness of God is the mainstay of every believer. Secondly, we want to listen to the testimony of God's Word about this timeless truth. Let's start in 1 John chapter 3. Turn with me there, 1 John, the first epistle of John chapter 3. This is a great one. And I'm going to ask for volunteers to read tonight, Brother Paul, 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, please, sir. First John chapter 3, verse 5. Drew, if you will, look up 1 Peter 2, 22. Follow up. You ready, Brother Paul? 1 John yes. chapter 3, Yes, sir. Verse five. Yes, sir. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. That's pretty clear, isn't it? And in Him, that's talking about Jesus Christ, God the Son, co-equal with God, as, as holy as God is, so the Son is holy, so the Spirit is holy. Thrice holy God. When the angels sing, what do they say? One holy? Two holies? How many? Three holies. A thrice holy God. In Him is no sin. Can you say that about yourself? Can we say that about David, Paul, Moses, Abraham, Noah, Abel, Adam? No, no other man, no other woman can it be said that in them is no sin, but of God and of the God-man in him is no sin. Rejoice in that tonight. All right, let's go uh, to the epistle of Peter. Brother Drew, are you ready? First yes, Peter. Let everybody just get a chance to turn. Chapter 2, verse 22. This is again speaking of Christ. Drew, go ahead and get verse 21 too. Go ahead, sir. All right, awesome. Who did no sin? So, the first one that we read said, in him is no sin. This one says that he actually never committed any sin. He, he did no sin. There was no guile found in his mouth. So y'all know I've been studying the Ten Commandments. And we did the first four. And now I've been really studying the last six. And so there's a great debate among theologians. It's not really that great debate about which commandment has been broken by men the most. And most people say it's the one about lying, that thou shalt not bear false witness, or to not lie is the most common commandment. And then the other is that is to commit adultery, to uh, have an adulterous heart uh, is probably the commandment that is broken the most. I'm thinking it's probably lying. <laughs> it's probably the commandment that's broken the most. But to think about that Jesus always spoke the complete truth about everything. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's amazing that men who actually lived with him, 
Now, you might can fool somebody for a week or two, but Peter, James, and, and John, the, the men that, that were reading, talk about the impeccability of Christ. They lived with him every day. They saw him in the trenches. They saw him when he was so tired that he could barely stand, when he hadn't eaten anything all day under incredible pressure. Yeah, hallelujah, he never cracked, not once. Was any guile found in his mouth. He didn't ever try to make anything greater than it was or anything less than it was, but just the way that it was. Oh, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. Let's go to the book of Hebrews. If that wasn't enough for you, uh, Hebrews. Brother Kevin, if you'll take this one for me. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. There's several good ones. And may, I probably have already gotten the one that you were thinking about, right? You're going to have to really do some thinking to get uh, some extra ones in here on me. Hebrews chapter 4, Brother Kevin, verse 15. Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. Yeah, without sin. So, yeah, you say, well, you know, Brother Nathan, I mean, come on. Yeah, Jesus was a man, but, but he was God, too. You know, so he had superhuman strength. He had, you know, all these characteristics of God. You know, he, does, he didn't go through things like that you and I do. Yes, he did. Did he, did he uh, hunger? Did he thirst? Did he, did he uh, have financial uh, strains uh, placed upon him? Yeah, think about being directly tempted by the devil for 40 days in the wilderness. And yet, he defeated him. And he has defeated sin, beloved, because in him was no sin. He has, in all points, been tempted like that we are. Whatever that we go through in our lives, Jesus has experienced it. He's been there, yet without sin. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 By Sister Mary Reese will ask you 2 Corinthians 5.21 it's really amazing when when you think about uh, you know uh, when we were teaching at the Christian school in Georgia we had a young girl that came to the school and she was a member of the Christ Rebecca you'll have to help me out the Christ sanctified holiness church right this was uh jill jill and they really believed in sinless perfection of human beings of christians and they didn't believe that they sinned and so the bad thing about that was we would see her sin <laughs> we would hear her talking about her parents and things that they did where they sinned and and you know we would be like well what about that, Jill? She said, oh, 
that wasn't a willful sin. We didn't sin willfully. That was an unwillful sin. So, you know, they kind of tried to find a way to, to weasel out of their sin. And it's just evident. And it would have been evident to the apostles if Jesus had, been, had sinned, they wouldn't write these things because of how impossible it is would be to believe. But they lived with him. They saw his mother. Mary raised him and his brethren. They're with us, they said. And they had this testimony. All right, uh, Mary Reese, you ready? 521. Oh, man, that's just one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. My my hope, my hope is intertwined to that, that verse that, For he made him to be sin for us, the sin bearer, the scapegoat, who knew no sin. So we said that he had no sin, he did no sin. Here we read that he knew no sin. Hallelujah. What a holy God we serve. All right, Hebrews 7.26. Hebrews 7.26, let's look at that one. Brother Andy, you got a copy of God's Word on you? Hebrews 7.26, please, sir. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. Uh, let's go to the Gospel of John. Let's hear John's report again. John 8. Oh, this is a Jesus speaking about himself. Isn't this amazing? I, this is something that you'll never hear come out of my mouth. Uh, he says this. John eight forty six. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do ye not believe me? He said, Who who can convince me that I've sinned in any way? Who who up here wants to come up and ask the crowd tonight? Can anybody convince me that I'm a sinner? Anybody want to come up and take a shot at that? I sure don't, right? Oh man. I'd rather say, he that's without sin, let him cast the first stone, right? Oh, man. Here he says, he says, which of you convinceth me of sin? This is what is one of the most wonderful things to me about Christianity. You can find fault with me. You can find fault with the church. But, beloved, there's no fault in him. No one can find any fault in our Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember when they put him on trial, Gigi? How that they got him before that slick Roman uh, Pontius Pilate. You know, he was so, so slick, right? And how they was always trying to get, like they did Daniel, try to find some fault in him, try to get him to slip up. And Jesus would always just baffle them and send them away, scratching, scratching their heads. You know, uh, they uh, brought questions to him and went away questioning themselves. 
Here he is before the Apostle Paul. I want you to notice this. This is so beautiful uh, to me. I heard uh, Brother Jamie Tucker preach a sermon about this one time, and I've never forgotten it because three times here the, Apostle, the uh, uh, Pontius Pilate. Now, we would expect John, Peter, uh, Andrew of these to say something about Jesus whom they love so much, but now we get the testimony of the man who condemned him to death, right? The man who condemned him and sent him away to be crucified. What would he say about Jesus? Well, it's recorded for us. Let's look at these three places. This is so beautiful to me. Uh, we'll start John 18, 38. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. Oh, you ought to highlight that in your Bible. Could you say that too about Jesus tonight? I say that about him. I've been serving him these 51, almost 52 years next Friday. Well, I haven't been serving him that long. I've been alive that long. But all the years I have served him in my life, I just find him more and more fair, more and more wonderful, more and more magnanimous in in my eyes because I find in him no fault at all just like Pilate then uh, 19 for uh, John wasn't finished with Pilate verse 4 of chapter 19 Pilate therefore went forth again and said unto them behold I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him hallelujah but as in the mouth of two or three Here's the third time, 19.6. Again, the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him. They cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. What a contradiction, right? He sentenced him to crucifixion, but he, out of his own mouth, he says, I find no fault in him. Three times. Oh, the testimony of the Word of God. What about any others? Has has anybody uh, thought of others? We sang one, right? He is the rock. His work is perfect. All His ways are judgment. A God of truth without iniquity. Any more? Anybody? Uh, yes, sir, Brother Kevin. No darkness at all. Amen. I have, that's the first one I have down for other prayers. Brother Andy, you have another one? Yes. Because of his nature, the things that he does by nature cannot be seen. Because yeah. sin is defined as those things that we don't know about. Yes. He is holiness. He is holiness. He is holiness. He, yeah, it's not just that Jesus did not sin, he could not sin. He could not sin. All right, what about uh, um, uh, that he's of pure eyes? The scripture says he is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. Y'all remember that one? Uh, there is no, This is Hannah crying out. There is none holy as the Lord. He is called the Holy One of Israel. He's called 
the righteous branch. His name is holy. His day is holy. Holy, holy, holy. The Father is called holy in the Word. The Son is called the Holy Son. The Spirit is the Holy Spirit. Oh, the testimony of Scripture is clear. Any others? All right, well, we'll, we'll close tonight hearing from uh, the testimony of the London Confession of Faith, the 1689 London Confession of Faith in chapter 8 on Jesus Christ the Mediator. Just listen to the language of, of, of this wonderful testimony from our brethren. Article 2, chapter 8, they, they use these terms, a speaking of Christ yet without sin and perfect, in quotes. Article 3, chapter 8, he is described, this is one of my favorite, holy, harmless, and undefiled. Article 4, chapter 8, that he perfectly fulfilled the law. Article 5, chapter 8, speaks of the perfect obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Praise the Lord today. Worship Him in the beauty of holiness. For the psalmist said, we need to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. The uprightness of God. So, that's true about God, isn't it? And then what a challenge. The great um, personal commission. Be ye what? Holy as I am holy. May the Lord bless us to have a heart for holiness.